When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything. It's me, Emma. Thank you for being here. We have a great episode for you guys. I actually today have a friend of mine who I made in adulthood, which I'm very proud of because it's. I find it's so much harder to make friends as you get older. You know, we get set in our routines. And I, I think it's so interesting, too, to see how the different friends you make along the way reflect different parts of where you're at. So Ian is very much a friend I've made. Ian, our guest today, is a friend I've made recently and it's it's a beautiful thing to me because it reflects my interests more now which are being a little nicer to myself than it was in the past you know that's that's something I've been working on this past year and hope hope to continue and Ian's a very he's a very balanced positive influence in my life so I wanted to share him with you guys he's also my trainer and he is a he competes in bodybuilding competitions. He's just an incredibly knowledgeable, sensitive person. And he made me feel really safe in my experiences with going to the gym because that's just scary. I don't know if you, I would go in, I'm like, how does everyone know how to use these things? I'm trying to like break dance in the corner because I feel like I'm just confused and not sure what to do with my body. So he made me feel really safe in the gym and he made me feel really safe, like just l- trying to learn about how all these things work. And so I, I want that for everybody too, if you're interested in that, you know, just know other people are scared too. Ian and I had a great conversation. We talk about why he likes wearing a bikini. I talk about my thoughts on me wearing bikinis. It is what it is. We talk about why he likes wearing bikinis specifically in his bodybuilding competitions. We get into the TikTok trend of women getting approached at the gym, his takes on how to approach someone at the gym, how not to approach someone at the gym. We talk about who muscles are for, not women. Not women. The people who are most responsive to muscles. I didn't know this, but it's not women. I think that that is a very interesting thing that we get into. His experience as a man who's big. He's a big muscular man. And it's I had no idea the types of questions he would get asked, the types of looks that he gets. It's very interesting to me. That's why I wanted to share it with you guys. And we also have such a good question. We have a great question about erectile dysfunction. And you know I know all about that. But Ian has a great answer for you. So please write in for your questions, AMA at Betches.com. DM me on Instagram. Before we get into the episode, I do have some shows coming up. I'm going to be in Omaha, Nebraska, January 12th and 13th. I'm going to be in Des Moines, Iowa the following weekend. And then in February, I'm going to be in Irvine, California, Oxnard, California, San Diego, California, Kansas City. Bunch of dates up on my website at imemmawillman.com. Find me on Instagram. Also, please share these with a friend if you think they would be into it. And even if they don't, torture them a little bit. Let's get the new year off right. He's one of my absolute best friends in the world. And I would say one of the few friends I've made like as an adult, my adult friend. It's my friend, Ian Mujad. You are actually uh, my only 
new adult friend. I'm so honored. I think me too. Yeah. I haven't had like uh, a new friend since, you know, running into a guy in a dorm room that I was set up with freshman right. year in college. Right. You know, and then life happened and you have like life partners and girlfriends sure. and people that you go work. To work with. But uh, you're the first person I was actually like, I saw you. I'm like, that's going to be my friend. I'm and, so and honored. I, I pursued it. Isn't that funny too? Like <laughs> adult, it's not like Ian and I had a bunch of kid friends to be totally like explicitly clear. There are no, but like, it's like, yeah, like making friends as an adult, we've talked about this before. It's so tricky, especially like in a big city like New York where you're not, it's very transient. You're not running into people a lot. Ian and I live near each other and we had a similar commute to uh, activity that we both like to do very much. Yes. So we would get to walk near each other and that's how we started our friendship. And the first time I saw him, I said, this guy needs to start working out. He needs to start working out. Yeah, he so needs slacking. to, yeah. Ian is uh, a very muscular man. Correct. Yes. Yes. Very muscular. And it's been so interesting for me because it's the first time I've ever been friends with someone who is as muscular as you. And there aren't that many of us. No, it's, um, it, and there's a, there's a good reason for that. I want to hear. It's interesting <laughs> though. Cause I never thought that someone that like looks like you, I just did not think people look at me sometimes because I'm a little different. I'm a little Andro. I'm a little, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm just, I got a little different spice. Or, no, I know what it is. They're like, is that a boy or a girl? They don't know what's going on. <laughs> But I wouldn't think that people would, when I'm with Ian, people look at him more. Like, kind of like, oh. And I didn't ever realize that that would be a thing that. Yeah, but to be fair, right, um, I'm about a foot taller than you. And I got about 120 pounds on you. So yes. they probably just don't see that you're there. Even though I am stronger. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but they look, they look because it's more like, you know, they're like curious. And you, I remember you saying once that little, that little like kids would look at you too because it's like. Uh, superhero. Yes, mostly French tourists. Right, right. They're like, has a lot of that. Who is this guy? Yeah. Welcome to America. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I also will add as another personal note, Ian and I started training together maybe six months ago. About that. It was uh, July, I think, yeah? Yeah, well, yes. So that has to be about six months about ago. About six months ago. And it's mm -hmm. really radically changed my life because in the past, there's a lot of stuff I've got like tied up in ideas about fitness, which I know is not, you know, lots of people have that. No, yes. not unique at all. But I used to always, I think I would be scared of it and really incorporating it into my life because I would think for me, I would tie fitness and then their nutrition would be a separate thing. And the nutrition would be very sensitive for me because I'm a real emotional eater. I would even say sugar addict. So I would kind of, I would be very scared of changing my lifestyle because I didn't want that, that compulsive, my compulsive eating and night eating to be taken away from me. Yes. And it's a whole thing. Trying to take that away from you. But, yes. But, but me too. And for a lot of folks, that's, that's not abnormal. It right. It feels abnormal. It's just because everyone does it alone. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And I remember the first time like, I was talking about that, it's like interesting to be like, wow, like that's something that you ha go through too. Because yeah. when you look, I would think from the look of it, I'd say this guy doesn't eat in the middle of the night. Yeah, I have since I was a kid, actually. Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. Very hard for me not to. In fact, um, when I'm dieting for a contest, usually I'll incorporate a meal in the middle of the night. You just plan it in? I just plan it in because it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I've done that before where I'm like, it's my midnight dinner. Yes. It's my midnight dinner. Yes. And I just like, for me, I always like to do it like alone in like a bathroom. Although incidentally, the, mm. big, the big muscles, um, I don't think really has much, if anything, to do with what we're going to talk about, yeah. which is masculinity. Ooh, 
the big muscles. Or, or at least, or at least it shouldn't. I want to look like you. Um, you can. I want to look like you so bad. You can. You're just going to break some laws if you want to do it. Okay. <laughs> I'll rob a bank. I don't give a shit. I want to get it cranking. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Sometimes I know this is maybe fucked up, but sometimes I'll look at Ian and I'll think winning. Winning. I know that's. I know that because, and I am trying. It's always to be, good to be associated with Charlie Sheen. Because I go, but it's like yeah. weird to think of muscles as winning. And I am so body pot. I am pro everything. But sometimes yeah. I look at that and I go, I want to be like that. Because it's like, feels like I could like, I don't know, move a car if I had to. You know, you could move a car if you had to. Just give you the keys. All right, that's true. Yeah. One time I said to Ian, I said, look, you're winning. We could, you could, we could take over this place if you needed to. And he was like, and then someone would come in with like a knife or a gun. And, and then, then, we, then we're finished. Never finished. And I was like, oh yeah. Yes. This is a show muscle, not go muscle. Show muscle, not go muscle. Yeah. It's in, I can't imagine the amount of like off the wall questions you get to, because even since I started posting being, you know, my journey of like trying to learn more about this and work out more. I remember telling Ian the other night, someone came up to me and was just like, Hey, I saw your picture about working out question for you. And then he like lifted up his shirt and said, can I eat cheese? And I was like, what? And he was like, cheese, yes or no? And I was like, ah, because <laughs> it's a lot to untangle. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. A qualified right. yes. Do people just come up to you and like randomly and just ask stuff like that? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, not as much as you think. Usually it's people in the place where I work. Right. Downtown and usual gym goers, mostly men. Um Believe it or not, ladies, uh, being this Jack doesn't get you looked at by more women, which was actually less. I so was for all you heterosexual men out there. If you're listening and you think that looking like this is going to get you more ladies, um, statistically and anecdotally, you are completely wrong. You better be doing it for you, buddy. Mm, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, I actually the, the most attractive, at least observationally that I ever was to the opposite sex was when I was wrestling in college and I was like 180 pounds soaking wet. I got mm. way, way more attention. It was like, it was crazy. Um, and then once I got up over like 210 pounds, it just sort of went down and down and down. Why is that? Um, well, you know, and it's always hard to say, but like when you start noticing in such a like direct, like correlation to your size, like something's going on. So I think there are a few assumptions that are made about guys that look like this, mm -hmm. which is that perhaps we are misogynistic or we are doing it to, I don't know, ensnare women or we're incredibly narcissistic. Mm. Generally, we're very boring. Mm. Uh, we're, we're, we're usually very buttoned down about what we eat. We're very regimented about going to bed on time. We don't stay out late and party for the most part. I mean, I mean clearly there, there are exceptions. Sure. It's just too much work. Right. Um, so usually we're, we're very down home oriented family life type of people. Mm. I mean, if you actually look at most Mr. Olympias, as an example, if you take a look at most of their spouses throughout the year, Arnold Schwarzenegger being an exception, he's Arnold, it's not the same, or most competitors, you generally don't see on average a lot of really fit women you don't see a lot of women that would be like a classic new york nine or a ten. Oh, so it's not like a fitness cup so it's not no usually yeah. what you see is an incredibly shredded jacked guy right and a very standard standard yeah i'm gonna right. slam yeah. whatever i say here but just a very regular right looking right woman who right has oftentimes no interest in fitness and it wasn't what you would say like a supermodel walking next to sure. this person. And, and the reason is chances are 
the things that at least my clients do in this town that attract that type of woman is like, oh, we're going to be going out late. We're going right. to be popping bottles in the club. We're going to be going to brunch. We're going to be jet setting all over the place. You know, you're, if you want to look like this, generally for most guys, you're going to be happiest in love with and satisfied by someone who's like, hey, babe, it's like 830. Shouldn't we have already brushed our teeth? Like, oh, why God aren't we in bless. bed yet? I yeah. don't understand Get what's happening. Get me to bed to, so we can sit in our phones and you scroll know, and separately. Like, hey, why don't we go out to the concert on Saturday night? And your spouse is most likely to say, ah, you know, but I really need to be up at like 6 a.m. Right? to do some knitting on a Sunday. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so that that's so it's it's not it's a bit of a misconception. It's a big misconception. I was shocked because to me, and I know my like wires would be a little crossed about like what like women would be drawn to necessarily. But to me, I was like, Vin Diesel is the ultimate. Yeah, but he's also a movie star. Right, right, um, right, right. And also we're, a lot of our conceptions of this comes off of social media. Yes. And YouTube. And unfortunately, if you want to gain a large audience and monetize what you're doing, or even if you're trying to be responsible and punch through the noise, mm. You have to do a lot of clickbaity stuff. Yes. And that really skews the perception of what. Oh, totally. Do, doing whatever this is. Change is. your life in two days. I've clicked that shit every time. Yeah, I got a deal for you. How about yeah. 10 years to a better body? Oh, my God. Yeah. Slow burn. That stuff scares the. I saw this. Um, <laughs> a woman had posted a take. She said, okay, you want to really like change your butt or something? She said, it might take six years. I said, this bitch. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Ian. I said, why'd she say that? And he, she said, that I hate to tell you. <laughs> It's true. Because <laughs> she's right. Also, before we get to our questions, I want yeah. to also say one thing, too. I remember showing Ian my, like, you know, the stuff. I, I was like, tell me about the nutrition thing. And he, in my specific case, said, I remember he said, you should be getting more fat and more carbs. And I thought, let's get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just the thing I always wanted to hear. Oh, my God. That reminds me of something you said to me a long time ago when I was up. Uh, you know, still dating and having difficulties uh, out on the uh, app market. Yep. He oh. said, Ian, don't, you know, don't worry if, you know, if you're still single and, we're, and I'm single, yep. we're old, we can move in together and be together. I will, of course, still be a homosexual, but, you know, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. You're like, very I, kind of you. I appreciate thank that. Thank you for the reminder. Totally. <laughs> it was so interesting to me when you were dating, hearing about like women's reactions to like being with some, that I was just surprised that people would in this day and age when it's like supposed to be, you know, like we're trying to be like accepting and supportive of each other, like wherever someone's at, that people would have, a, to, to me, the idea of having a negative reaction to someone's body that you've agreed to go on a date with, it's is like very startling. So I was, it's very startling. Is it though? I mean, think, I guess, of, think about how we even go about dating now as opposed to some, you know, meeting a friend at a party, being set up by family members, right. meeting someone at the office or in an activity group that was more traditional throughout all of time. You're literally staring at a phone. Yes. And you're looking at headshots and resumes. True, true. The advertisement. Based off of a headshot or someone editing something, trying to live their best life and, of course, put their best foot forward. These are are the value judgments we're making first. Right. What do they say when you go to a restaurant? You eat with your eyes first. Mm. And so there's an expectation, I think, going both ways. You know, and I've heard plenty. Like, I'll, I'll give you one now. I don't know if any of you out there in listener land can resonate with this. How many of you get upset when you see a woman who's five feet with a guy who's over six, five Mm. and think to yourself, why is she ruining it for a taller woman who (laughs) needs that man? She's ruining it because, and maybe you feel differently about this, but I can tell you, I never thought of that. hundred percent of straight women that I've ever talked to are like, he must be taller than me. Oh, oh yeah. Or, or I won't, or I won't even 
or I will let him buy me that drink, but I will never see him again. And totally. you wonder why a lot of short guys are pissed? Right. Because that's an that's a, a kind of a reality and that sucks. I have So no no, we all yeah. do it. Everyone says, "Oh, you shouldn't judge someone by their looks." Well, you won't literally date an incredible guy because of his height. Right. And then the flip goes, someone will say, I won't date her because, you know, whatever. But but the thing is, nothing ever really surprises me and tastes change over time. Sure. We're in an interesting environment now where we're exposed to so many different ideas that we normally would not have been in the past. Ain't that the truth? And then top that with being here in Manhattan where you're mixed in with really everything and exposed to everything at the same time. Yep. Um, Literally human feces. I saw this morning near my street. Yes. And actually my wife was heading up to work this morning and a guy was throwing up and convulsing on the subway. Shit. Yes. And it just, and the crazy thing is, is people are used to it. I was more talking about cultural. Yes. Yes. I got you. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. These things too. Totally. (laughs) When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well... Good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, so now we're going to do our segment before we get to our listener email on modern masculinity. Um, I have some questions to you about what it means to be a man for you, of course. How do you think the concept of masculinity in general has changed from when you were a kid to now? Well, I guess we're talking about my concept. Mm -hmm, Of um, course. Because depending on where you live in the world and whatever value system and system ideas that's kind of in place, maybe it hasn't changed in a couple thousand years Mm. at all. Like in like Texas, maybe in Texas, um, yeah. It, it really, it really, really. The answer is it really depends. Mm. Um, so when I was a kid, you know, it was a fairly traditional home where my father worked. My mother did some part time stuff, but mm-hmm. she didn't have to. Although, the idea that the man was supposed to be the breadwinner and sort of the provider, right? Though it was kind of there, um, it was a little bit flipped because my mom's sister was like the top sales rep for Becton Instruments back in the 80s and earned so much more money than my Uncle Tim. Hmm. It was crazy. And I remember a story my mom told me when I was young about, because this is back in the 80s, and it was kind of different to have your wife earning a lot more money than you. Uh, At a party, someone had said to him, hey, Tim, what does it feel like to have your wife making all the money and wearing the pants? And without missing a beat, he just smiled and said, oh, man, it's so great. 
Good for Ooh, him. It's so great. It really takes the pressure off, buddy. Oh, try it. I love that. Uh, and they're still married and very happy. Today. I love that. And so that, that always stuck with me. Mm. And even, even in my grandparents, my mom's father um, and, and his wife, they're both passed now. You know, they met during World War II. We're together until they both died. Um, very happy and in love for the most part. Although my grandmother did admit there was about 10 years in the middle there where, 10 she, was, years. where she was doubting, but 10 years over 60. Sure. And when people say that too, I'm like, God, they're like every, you know, you go ebbs and flows. Like there was five years. We couldn't even look each other in the face. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, but again, you know, he was in charge of making all the money, right? but he wasn't in charge of anything else really. Mm. Like she was completely in charge of the household. Uh, he didn't even know where the checkbook was. Yes. You know, it was pretty much just, she knew where all the money was in the accounts. He did some basic, you know, um, planning for retirement and things like that. But it was also very much like that in my home. And it's actually like that in my home now. I mean, mm. Also my wife is far more successful than I am. Shout outs to Kathy. Something she brought up when we were first dating. Are you comfortable, you know, being with a woman who makes a lot more money than you? And I said, hell yes. Right. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. I've been oh, looking for you. Man, don't want no scrubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> Where you been, lady? <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, and I can't honestly say like, I actually don't even know what our bank passwords are. Like, mm. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I have my own, my own company and we're doing right. well and I do my own little investments and things like that, but and she destroys me. It's not close. And, uh, you know, I just ask her, you know, do I need to be making more? Right. You know, what do we need to be doing for retirement? She said, and this is the funniest thing. She looked at me and she said, I got plenty of money, honey. Great. Don't even worry about God it. God bless. So Sucking your so, toes so, tonight. I, I, so I'm... Um, what were you I, like as a little kid? Were you like a, were you like a sensitive little kid? Cause Ian is, did wrestling. Like before you got into wrestling, like how, what was your main form of like self-expression? Oh gosh, everything. I mean, so we did music. Mm. Uh, I played trombone, um, lots of singing. Um, you know, I like to do talent shows at my school. So you were a little performer. Love to perform, love to be in the play. Although I wasn't really a good actor. Yeah, I relate and, to that. And, and so my, the first time I was like seventh grade play, I got put in the background, no speaking yep. role. And then the next year I didn't even try. Showbiz you know, baby. Went to Rich, the leading role in that show went to Richard Jenkins. And Never God bless him. He was, he's fantastic. I'm sure he's doing well now. Fuck you. Richard. Isn't it crazy these um, things we remember about like our past? And we always say the full name. Yeah. Whenever it's someone from elementary high school. Richard Hubert Jenkins, the fourth of Scarsdale. You son of, that's not a Yep. Thing. And you but think, yeah. and it's like the amount these people pop into our brains just yeah. randomly. We're like, yeah. that little fucking, they won first prize in the talent show in second grade. Yes, Bitch. but I wouldn't be shown up because I was first trombone next year in the pit band. Let's go. <laughs> Were you ever a chubby little kid? Oh yeah. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I got me chubby. Too. Well, it's part of the, the eating in the middle of the night. It was a lot of stress eating. It was yes. a difficult household. Yes. I uh, won't go too far into detail. Totally. That, but um, it's a soothing thing for it, me. It was a mechanism. Yeah. It was a lot of uh, whole milk and Cinnabons in the middle of the night. Oh my God. I swear to God. Just saying Cinnabon to me is sexual. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, Kathy cooked some up over Christmas. Oh. She made a whole batch. They were amazing from scratch. God damn. Uh, so I think I've dodged the question. No, not at I all. Thank you. I think very well. Um, so what modern masculinity is to me, um, it's context dependent and it's how you were socialized coming up. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say not to get overly philosophical about this. It might, it, it changes. If you're open-minded. Yes. It changes. You know, and I think that if we get too rigid about who, if we hold ourselves too tightly, it can be very painful for us and the people in our lives. So if being masculine means being more loving and kind, I think you're moving in a good direction. I will say that the strongest role models I had going up that gave me a compass of what it was to be 
a good man or someone mm. I looked up to. They ended up being a lot of athletic coaches, even though I tried my hand at being a professional singer for a while. There were a lot of things I always liked to do, but the guys that really made a big impact on me were my bodybuilding coach, still friends with him today, mm. wrestling coaches I had in high school and college. And the one thing I noticed about these guys was they were incredibly kind, unbelievably supportive, incredibly charitable with their time. Mm. Um, they wanted to drive people to be better. You know, they, it's they, so they, interesting too because I feel like the stereotypes sometimes people think they're like, "What are those guys doing in there?" They're like headbutting each other and like making fun of gay people or whatever. You know what I mean? And then it's like, no, no, that's not all. We know we don't know what's going on in the gym. I, I there's one coach, uh, Ricky Delegata, world champion level wrestler back in the '80s. Uh, you know, an Olympic team member, and you know, he was my club coach in high school and helped me get good enough to go wrestle for the University of Pennsylvania. Mm. And I'll always be grateful to him for that. But the biggest thing was during my parents' divorce, he was always there for me to talk to me, emotionally support me. He's a Love family that. man himself. The wrestling stuff he did for almost no money. He had a club, but he, you know, he had his own successful business on the side. So most of the men I knew were actually just giving of their time mm. to try to help young men in this instance, or if there were women on the team, um, yeah, women are starting to help them grow and be better as people. Women are getting into wrestling. Oddly enough, I had dinner over the uh, break, I guess, but I still like refer to it like I'm on break from school. But over the holidays with um, one of my girlfriend's cousins is a wrestling coach. And he said he had increased there was like women now on his. Well, it's in the Olympics and it's also in the UFC. I mean, we have world class grapplers and fighters right. and they're every bit as good and dynamic and exciting to watch as the men. And the UFC, they seem more vicious too. They're fucking out for blood. Yeah, <laughs> claw your eyes out. <laughs> so I think that it's it's if it's for most people as a man, from what I saw as a good example, if strength means kindness, mm. right? You can I think be, you I can, follow that. You know, if strength means being giving. If if it's trying to, and again, this maybe goes back to a provider mentality, but I think a lot of people think of these things as feminine qualities. You know, I don't think being kind is masculine or feminine. It's just human. You know, I, I don't. Kindness think to me is all important now. I think it's so, you know, like just a, like, like manners, kindness. And of course you have to like guard yourself and not over be a people pleaser. But kindness to me is strength. I think, I think being like mean or snubbing people is just like an easy out. It is. And I think also the idea that the, you know, the man needs to be the provider that sort of stereotypical old school view it's served a purpose. Sure. Because for a long period of time, that was the only thing on the menu. Right. Right. You know, and, and then people are like, I got a gluten allergy. Right. Something then, popped right, up. Right. But, but what I mean to say now is that's, that's no longer the thing. Right. I don't think it's something that we should be seeking. Um, because you know, everyone says things were better back in the day. It's like, well, for who? Oh yeah. Well, for who? Yeah. 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 What? It, let's, let's, let's dial that in. And I would argue that it wasn't even better for the men back then. Sure. Alcoholism, spousal abuse, all these right. things like, do you, Can't think, communicate. do you think a man was actually happier when it was, it was okay for him to smack his wife if she oh, got mouthy in public? Because there's a time when it was, and it was expected. I'm willing to bet that even though they were socialized as that being normal, right? I don't think they were fucking happier. I, right. I don't, I, 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 mm, Let us pray not. No, I, I don't think so based on the men that I know now that engage in those behaviors. Mm. They don't tend to be happy guys, even if they find oh, it yeah. acceptable. They're very, they got a Jesus. lot of, well, yeah. a lot of it comes from fear and a need to control your environment. Right. Right. I mean, that's where it all really stems from. I need certainty in my life. If I can control her, if I can control that, if I control all these things, I'm safe. And right. Anything that threatens that control, you know, takes away some of my feeling of safety and security. 
Um, so I think, you know, if your entire life is, I need everything to be under my thumb, even by force, there's got to be so much fear running a train through your heart. I don't oh, know yeah. how much peace you can really have. So that's why I say that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the You're more- You're scared. Yeah, more, when someone is that controlling it, fear. So I think that the more of a, a partnership we can have, whatever, heteronormative or LGBTQ, is it plus now? I'm going to get slaughtered. What is it? No, you're not okay. going to imagine. I was like, he didn't say plus. I'm getting out of here. He didn't say here. plus. Plus, minus. I'm it's, the plus. It's you, you minus two and plus one in. Come on. Terrible at No, yeah, LGBTQIA plus. That's where we're at now? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure it's not AI? Because artificial intelligence is really big right Maybe. now. Maybe. With my dyslexia, the whole thing's a mess. And then I've got IBS. So I just say LGBTQIBS. So I guess the thing is also, you know, um, thinking about modern masculinity it's skewed heavily based on what you see every day. Sure. Right. So if I'm living out in a town in, in rural America where there's a very homogenous group of ideas and ethnicities, right. I may end up having a very, even with exposure to social media, which can help get me out of that mm-hmm. or, or, or just the internet in general before. So let's forget social media, just right. exposed to the world. That's still my day to day. Right. It's going to get ingrained. I think that the more metropolitan you get, I'm not saying that makes you better. Sure. Right? I don't think just being more quote worldly or people call themselves a citizen of the world. I don't think that right. kind of virtue signaling makes you better, but you're certainly exposed to more options and inundated yes. with them. And I think that, you know, we're not having people beat each other up in the street here in large numbers. People aren't firebombing each other's houses or apartments. Generally God we're bless. getting along so that kind of tells me that when you get all these different ideas together, people certainly hold their own self-concept pretty strongly. But I think it, it eats away at that and it leaves you open to the idea that at least, you know what, his idea of how to be a man, her idea of how to be a man, uh, well, I guess mine isn't the only one. Mm. And it doesn't seem like we're all shooting at each other. Right. And they're not actually evil people. They, they live fairly productive lives and, oh, he works at that charity and, you know, and she sure. is a good mother. Um, well, shucks, I guess maybe my view isn't necessarily the best view. It's just the one that I've learned to prefer. Totally. That's the keeping the the brain flexible. Yeah. When did you become aware of gender as a concept? And when do you think kids start acting differently towards one another based on gender? Seventh, eighth grade. Mm. That's when people started, um, you know, kissing. Um, Ooh. Oh my God. I remember the first person in my class that kissed Margot Creary kissed. Oh, I don't remember who it was, but everyone was like, you know, everyone's like, oh my God. And it was just like a little, like, it was like, I kissed Roger, like on the, you know, and everyone yeah. was like, <gasps> I think it was, um, you know, I'm not going to name names now because actually some of these people still know me. Sure. And they're like, don't ruin my I, kissing secret. I don't want to trash their eighth grade reputation. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but there, there were more than a few of them. And this is also when, you know, at this point, um, people may, you know, start fingering each a- other. I didn't hear about that. Oh, okay. That was not as public. Yes. Um, so- <laughs> I remember hearing, you remember hearing that the first time you hear someone gets fingered and you're like, you what? Like, it's like crazy. And everyone's like, it's like, you're like, do I tell my parent? I just remember that first moment. Like, I couldn't believe it. Well, someone also, fingered someone on the school bus at like a school over. But also back to your point about, this is the first time that a girl asked me to go steady with her. Ooh. You know, and, but at the time I wasn't interested in that mm. yet. I didn't know what to even do with it. Right. I didn't even know what to say. Um, yeah, Good for her I, for asking, I, though. I, I didn't really get interested in girls until high school. Mm. Um, at that point, I was just too mired in whatever activities I was right. doing. So I just didn't hit that level of maturity. Yet. And I didn't even really date till senior year because 
stuff going on at home and I just had so much stuff I wanted right. to do. I just didn't prioritize it. Oh, I hope if I have a kid, I hope that they're like that. They're like, I couldn't date until I was 22 because I just had to focus. And honestly, um, I probably should have waited to start dating until after college. Same. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I should have waited till last year. for everyone. But for me, it ended up being an emotional train wreck because of how I grew up. I didn't really, I wasn't equipped to understand what, how, how you should be treated in a relationship. Totally. What was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. There are things now that I put up with then with people that were obviously mentally ill. Right. <laughs> just because I found them very, very attractive. Sure. And nothing nothing against them. They weren't evil, but it was like, it was obviously a bad situation. Sure. And I would keep subjecting myself yes, to a yes. lot of emotional pain. It was really distracting for the yep. rest of my life. It actually took me probably until my 30s to learn what a functional relationship is supposed to be. And it's supposed to be more boring than you think. I think boring's his goals. Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot I too. I mean, it's supposed, you know, it's a funny thing. Comfortable. One, once I stopped seeking those high highs and then also trying to save somebody that right. I couldn't save. And I was just like, oh yeah, I actually just want to be with someone who's kind and good and kind of even keel. And like, people might say that's boring. No, nah, man. No, no, no. Good. Yeah, so because it's like there's got to be a rebranding of the boring for it. It's um, I think it's like movies and media have gotten this right. idea of what living your best Torrid. life is. Sure. And, you know, for most of the folks. I can't that, keep that up. Yeah. Well, you can't. It's exhausting. Right. Like I said, when people that I know, some of my clients, that they're still in their 20s, but they're a lot of hedge fund guys. You know, they'll work these crazy hours and then they go to blow off steam by staying out till 4 a.m. Right. And I'm like, what is what is actually wrong with you? Like, what? why can't you just, and they're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm like, yeah, yeah yes, yes, yes. Right. There's a cure for that. It's called lay the fuck down and close your eyes. I relate to not <laughs> wanting to face sleep though. I relate to that. Cause, Cause I have a fear of missing out. Or, well, fear of missing out, but I relate to being like, okay, what pill do I need to take? What do I need to do so I can feel better? And it's like, have I you tried know. sleeping and drinking water? And I'm yes. like, no, no, too simple. Too yeah. simple. There's no hack. But then you're like, now, now you're like, okay, okay. That does actually feel. All right, feels pretty good. Get yeah. doing and for a those stretch. Of you looking for a hack? If you want to get better pop out of your medication, Ooh. try getting regular sleep, oh, yeah. some moderate exercise, go for some walks, maybe meditate, get a good social group that's supportive of you, yes, where you can communicate what's going on with you on a regular basis, so that in general your baseline is kind of calm and nice. Then when you do a line of cocaine, it's mind blowing. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. If oh, anything, it sets it up. Really, and you'll save you money. Right, true. Really Your tolerance is lower. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What would you say is your most feminine trait that you like about yourself? Um, 
I really enjoy wearing a lot of makeup during photo shoots. Mm. Oh, yes, your glam shots. I was thinking of for shots. when you're doing, because Ian does bodybuilding competitions. Yeah, well, that's all spray tanning. It's it's a little well, heavy spray tanning. Heavy spray tanning. It's wild that they yeah. have you guys getting those sh particular shades. It you makes the muscles pop. Yeah, you don't yeah. look right without it. Right. You don't look right with that. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And even if you have a really, really dark tan naturally, even without it, it still doesn't work. Right. You just, the lights are so bright. And if you're trying to get every last ounce of detail out to a judging panel. And they get you guys all oiled up. Oiled up. Usually Pam is a good one. A bit. Really? Not too much though. And they put you guys in those little bikinis. Depend yeah, they are actually. Um, depending on the class, string bikinis, I do classic. It's more like a Speedo, but it's moving towards string bikini. Ooh. Which I actually like. Really? I do like that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, a Speedo covers your ass. You don't want that. You want to show it? Of course. Oh, my God. Because I dieted so hard. You can see every last little right. muscle in there. I, I don't want to cover that. Right. And most bodybuilders will tell you, yeah, I don't want to cover that. You want that's impressive. But if you get that ripped, you want to show that. Yeah, show every little, like, piece yeah. of the butt. Yeah, it's a little, you know, you look at, like, the Mr. Olympia. They're in a banana hammock out there. And rightfully so. They but yeah, worked, good for them. They worked hard to earn that. <laughs> good for off. them to imagine standing on stage in, a in like a banana hammock or like a something that small. Like, I mean, I just makes me want to cry, but I can understand too. Like you've done all that work. Then you're like, look at my butt. Well, this is also where I've always found a bit of a disconnect between classic male machismo and like a love for, for bodybuilding, mm. you know, growing up you know, as decades ago, moving now, things are a little bit different. You still hear things at the gym where guys are like, wanting to look really jacked, look really good. They love bodybuilding. They love all this stuff. And they're really super macho. They'll, right. they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, no homo, but you look really great. And right, like, right. I'm like, even if it was, thank you. I appreciate I, I it. I don't care. But I've always found it really ironic because when you're going to a bodybuilding show, it's a beauty pageant. Right. <laughs> We've shaved head to balls. And our tan, it's all gone. Right. We've exfoliated many, right. many times so the tan would stick and moisturized. Many of us will put on makeup to even sure. out the tan that we just sprayed on. We've been doing basically choreographed dance routines that we've been practicing for months. If you're going through the classical lens of what is gay, dude... It is so fucking gay. It is, I mean, it is the, the little like movements. It, if you see the like, but, 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 but again, right. If you think about where, where it came from, the idea of expressing the male form as beautiful wasn't gay. Right. It, 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 right. So right. I don't, it was actually, the I don't understand where that came from. Eh, probably a very aggressive gay guy in Chelsea was. Yes. But, but I guess but my thought was this, it never occurred to me because I, I grew up in a bodybuilding gym right. with all the classic bodybuilders up there. That that was gay or heterosexual. Sure. Just, you know, I was socialized to think, oh, so if you want to have a beautiful body as a man, as like as art, as right. an expression of masculine bone structure, right. as art, there's something that can be done about it. This is what we do about it. A lot of the moves in the gym too, like when you're like correcting your posture, a lot of it requires like kind of like twerking your butt out. And I remember learning yes. correct posture and I was like, whoa. Yes. You're yes. like kind of like- Daffy duck butt. Daffy duck butt. butt. Yeah, you're like put, pop your butt up and then that's how you do it. And so like then Miley it made Cyrus, me- Cyrus, like from years ago. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, the Not dance. Not too many years ago, but you remember that one? I remember the dance. Yeah, yeah. I remember mm -hmm. dance. Yeah. Now we have a question. This is our listener segment called Why to Men? Dear Emma and man, and today's man is my personal trainer and dear, dear friend, Ian Mushad. Check him out. Instagram, go to his website. Can you please explain erections and attraction? Do they always go hand in hand? Yes. No. 
I know <laughs> I know sometimes a guy can't get it up or have it stay up for a variety of reasons, but I still can't help but think he's not attracted to me in the moment if he's struggling. Will a guy always get a boner if he's turned on in the moment? Is that my sign of validation? Basically, why do men sometimes not get hard but still say they're turned on? Sincerely anxious or unattractive? Thank you so much for putting yourself out there and asking. That's a great question. Oof. Um, talk to your urologist. So there's a What's whole, a urologist again? Um, he's a doctor that specializes in dysfunction of male. Oh, I had no idea that's what that was. Yes, you have gynecologists. We have urologists. Oh, I literally thought it was like a joint doctor. <laughs> but this, I don't know how you, you know what a urologist was. Oh, all right, all right, all right. You right. would not need a urologist. Yeah, I've literally never. I thought it was. I don't know the. I don't know urologist of your. I had. To, I didn't. I wasn't familiar. So, in answer to that question, um, and someone told me this a while ago, uh, the largest sexual organ in the human body is the brain. Mm. Just because someone is turned on doesn't mean they're going to get it up. Mm. That's why we have a giant market for pills that do that. And there could be any number of reasons from performance anxiety. They could be so spazzed out inside about wanting to make you happy that they get too anxious to perform. There's a whole lot of hormonal dance that goes on inside the body for that. For some people, it's never an issue. For some people it is, it could be high blood pressure. It could be low testosterone. It could be high estrogen levels. It could be they're thinking about work that day. Right. Or they, they could be faking it and just not that interested, but it's not necessarily a tell at all. If it was, I'd be in trouble. You know, mm. I've been a performance enhanced athlete for the last five years competing in a sport that requires that. And, you know, it was a talk I had to have with my wife that there will be certain months where there's doesn't mean I don't love you and think you're beautiful. There just ain't going to be going any, anything going on down and there. And it's from the the fatigue of what you're doing to your body. That and just the stress. hormone levels. Um, you know, and then also they're just different times of life. Someone could just be tired. Right. Um, it's just, you know, one of the interesting things about that is if you're seeking validation and whether a man can get hard for you or not, I think you're doing yourself an unbelievable disservice. Mm. Uh, I, I, there's so many things that could go into that that have literally everything to do with him and nothing to do with you and can be completely disconnected from his interest in you. And chances are, he feels a lot worse than you do in that mm. moment, especially, especially if he finds you incredibly attractive and is turned on and then just mechanically because of a blood flow issue or just anxiety can't perform. Uh, if he's a sensitive, caring person and he sees that he's making you upset, trust me, he feels so much worse for how he's making you feel. Not all men. I mean, granted, sure. granted uh, you know, just, just speaking from personal experience and conversations I've had with other guys, Breaking news, flash ladies, guys are sensitive too. Mm. Um, the one thing that we can't do is just, and this is going to sound so vulgar, I, I can't just spread my legs and perform. <laughs> no, but no, no, that I know sounds you mean. terrible. I, that sounds I know terrible, you mean. but, 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 but that, that right. is to say you gotta, like- You got to get the blood uh, going to the penis to uh, get uh, it like uh, pow. Yeah, and there isn't necessarily, you know, like if a guy would just get an erection every time he saw an attractive woman- We'd and, be big trouble. And he's just a, re just a regular guy, no dysfunction going on, right. nothing going on in his head. That is a really good point though, because it's it like- It would be really fucking inconvenient. Uh, right. It's like, no way to live and it just doesn't happen that way. Right. I've had times where I'll be like, I'm not in the mood yet. And then I can do, a, I'll do like a workaround because I can wear a strap on, which is like always hard. So then I, that's like a cheat. And I've thought about that. And I've also thought about it in regards to being like, oh my God, if I had to like, wait, if I came and then this went down, I'd be in big trouble. Oh yeah. So then I, I have this little like cheat thing. But also I can flip that around, right? You know, um, if, if a guy is having sex with you 
And God you, forbid. You, well, not just you, kidding, not just you, kidding, just kidding. The proverbial you, the yeah, audience, yeah, yeah. the royal we right, out right. there in the world. And um, you find him very attractive. You're very turned on by him. You think he's great. You're right. excited about the experience. And you can't orgasm. Sure. You know, for whatever reason. Does that mean he should feel offended and hurt and unattractive? Right. I don't think so. No, no, not at all. I was in agreement with you. Any number of things could be going on there um, that have nothing to do with him. So I would, I would try to think about your own experience Mm. with that, and then, and then that that's a pretty close corollary. Although there are different plumbing issues that could specifically just be going on. Um, But you know, we all have stuff going on in our heads. You know, and if you've ever read any books on BDSM or all sorts of, there's so many different things that you just could be something you're not interested in. Right. That you have no ability to get excited over, even though there's nothing wrong with him. And it could be going the other way too. I you can know, imagine. It could, yes. it could just be not getting up because it's like, well, I don't like plain vanilla sex. <laughs> I love you. You're gorgeous. This doesn't play out my fantasy of you screaming at me while I'm wearing a diaper and right. telling me I'm a terrible boy. Right. And then I can get hard right. for you. And only right. you, because I love you. Right. You know, but so like, you know, it's, it's just like everything else. It's never black and white, but trying to take it personally only hurts you. And it yes. should be a, a bigger conversation and an ability, hopefully to be honest, but also it's like, if it's a one night stand or you met someone at a bar, I mean, it's just whiskey dick, man. Mm. I don't know. Like- <laughs> I think that's a, re- I think that's, a, that's really like, so always good to hear too, because when you're in moments like that, of course, you know, we're being like vulnerable. We're putting ourselves out there to the point where like engage in like sexual activity. Like, of course it's like looking, I mean, it's like you're looking for clues even in, oh, the person did a period in their text instead of an exclamation point. So then it's like, when we start like looking for clues like that, it just, it's a sensitive thing. Just talk to him. Jeez, just don't, the, the, and I would say, don't lead with, you make me feel terrible when this happens. Oh, sure. Because he's going to shut up. Right. Like just be, hey. You know, right. What can we do here? And <laughs> make it a wee situation. And absolutely not unattractive. I mean, even putting yeah. yourself out, I think it's so attractive to even be like looking for answers on these situations. So anxious or unattractive, I'm going to say neither. Well, neither. I can't, I don't want to get, I don't not want to well, um, yeah, gaslight. Well, look, you know, the anxiety, unfortunate but. thing is also sometimes it is that too. Like right. The, the answer is it, it's so many different things. Uh, I think the best thing you can hope for is to try to open a channel of communication, especially if you want to be with them. And maybe this is an ongoing issue. And he should do, and encourage him to like be doing the work so he can figure out how to communicate. And going back to masculinity mm. here, not all men are going to be okay with being honest with that. Sure. Because it makes them feel terrible. Right. Terrible. Right. And even if admitting in a certain moment, like let's say you're a couple that have been together for a long time. Sometimes you I don't say you, but like, he might not actually find you as sexy as he did the first time you guys fucked 10 years ago. Right. And then if you it, go back to your point of like picturing your, maybe you feel the same, what? And, you got to find different things to spice it up. Maybe you guys need to start trying some right. things. Right. Because it is easy to get into a routine. Yes. It is. You know, my girlfriend does all the heavy lifting and like, I feel like she's like much better about like keeping it. Cause I'll get into my little, got my little moves, got my little particular dirty talk sayings. You know, I've got like a little script. Yeah. Okay. Slot. Blah, blah, blah. You know, give I'm a romantic. The, give me those. But she mixes it up are. all the time. Yeah. I got my little bullet points, but she's mm-hmm. always learning new phrases. Bro.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, now it's time to ask Ian anything. This is the part of the show where we try to get a little deeper inside the male mind with questions from my guests, Ian Mushad. Ian, are you ready for me to ask you anything? Of course. How do you think body modification, whether through working out or supplements, affects your self-perception? Does the way you look make you feel more masculine? You know, um, no. Really? Not even a little bit. I'm so surprised by that. So it's not like each pound of muscle, you're not more like, <gasps> it depends on why you're doing it. Mm. I'm not doing this to impress my wife. I, I, I'm doing it because I, I enjoy competing and I enjoy the art form mm. of this style of competition. I can tell you when I retire from this, um, probably sometime in the next two to four years, I'm going to lose like 60 pounds. This ain't healthy and I won't feel like less of a man. I'll probably feel like more of a man because I'll have more energy. Right. You know, I, I don't associate this with being manly. Just like if I saw a woman at the gym getting very muscular, I don't associate that with being manly. I associate it with a, an expression of some personal interest. Mm, mm. You know, I, 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 yeah, I've been also some of the best bodybuilders of all time. You weren't traditionally, many of them not traditionally masculine macho guys. One of my favorites, Bob Paris, openly gay bodybuilder, Olympic mm. competitor. I think one of the best physiques of all time from the eighties. Um, I think he lives out in Seattle now with his husband, partner of many years. And mostly he just writes, poetry and goes on hikes devastatingly amazing physique and a Good wonderful thoughtful human being that's more so my idea of this really comes from more guys like that isn't that interesting too because i would think do you ever feel like men like kind of like tough their feathers at you like that if they're not as muscular as you i do notice that when i'm walking down the street and again this goes back to what men and women find attractive right men find muscularity far more attractive than women in my experience mm -hmm. and it's so interesting. I will not have women look at me at all, but the guy holding their hand <laughs> will look at me and his eyes will open. Right. For her, I'm a fuck ghost. I was non-experienced. And he was like, do you fucking see that? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's. You know. I remember one time Ian and I were at having dinner and like at a comedy club. So I knew a lot of the people, but way more men were coming over and being like, hey, and they'd be like- Every male comedian- Every one of them. me out for ridicule and, and also props. Right. Which and was they, fun, because I got to make the evening about me, which is fantastic. And it was interesting. They would go, how do you guys know each other? I'm like, I'm his ballet instructor. Like, what do you think? Or they'd ask him front, yeah. they go, they'd be like, do you work out? Like, just, it'd be fun. But it's like, yeah. they, it's an interesting thing to just like come over and ask someone, like, you work out, right? And you're like, yeah, hi. Yeah, but like, you know, when you're hanging out with a bunch of like drunk male comedians, of course they're going to come over. And true, 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 true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's an interesting sample group. In your experience with bodybuilding competitions, are there any meaningful differences between the male and female competitions? So, yeah, there are more gender. It's a bit more gendered mm. than you would think for the females. Um, and the posing routines are slightly different, but I mean, this is a straw man argument. If you go to the bikini class specifically, which... Actually, if you look at Olympia level bikini competitors now, they're more jacked than female bodybuilders were in the eighties. It's tough. The, to, the women ones are the females. Mm. The bikini women now are as jacked as women were in the late seventies, early eighties, who were full blown bodybuilders. Mm. So it's really 
if you were to meet them at the gym, generally a top class world level drugged out bikini competitor. And they can take the drugs. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And we're talking steroids. They fucking better. They won't win. Really? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because I didn't know how many people now I can kind of got, I kind of got an eye for Okay. So I don't want most people to think most people are on drugs. Most people are not. But I'm talking about at the high end in the International Federation of Bodybuilding, which is where Arnold Schwarzenegger competes in the Sir Olympia competition. If we're talking about these classes, um, yes, the, the male posing routines, even between male bodybuilding and women's physique classes, there is a more feminine flair to those poses Hmm. for the females. Um, and then if you go to the bikini competitors, um, it's pretty much just four shots, sachet, smile at the judges, and just, you know, if you they have a quarter turn where they turn to the wall behind them, and it's pretty much a straight up ass and coochie shot. And they don't so do that for the guys? No. Huh? But we do, we do, we don't do that. There's, the, but there's, you know, it's the different judging standards, right? That's supposed to be like the ultra- cliche feminine. Right, look. right, right. You know, men's bodybuilding at the open level is ultra macho look. But I will say also based on someone's bone structure and size, it doesn't make sense to do certain super macho monster type poses anyway. If you're mm. a smaller female athlete, it wouldn't suit you. It, it makes sense to do something with more grace just because that's the form. It compliments your form more. Compliments, yeah. It's interesting. To, so I think it's good to know We're that. We're all the same. Right. <laughs> we do look different at least. I think it's good to know too that people are taking uh, muscle enhancing things because sometimes when you see people, you're like, how do they do that? What's wrong with we? Why am I not doing that? And it's like okay, a well, lot goes into to, it. To be clear though, um, if you take a person with average genetics, mm-hmm. get them lifting weights regularly, four or five days a week. And you do that for like 10 to 15 years. And I'm talking about just a, a regular responder. Right. And they're eating properly and living the way they should, getting plenty of rest. And they do this in a very rigid, disciplined fashion for a decade. Most folks will get to a point in their physique where you will think they're on something. Mm. It's because it's so rare for someone to actually develop their body to their best advantage. It's just, it's a long slog. It's It's hard. hard. It's a lifestyle, as I said earlier. And if you're so, listening to this smoking porn, if you're listening to this like if smoking, you're smoking porn, if you're right listening now, to this smoking cigarettes, watching porn, eating ding dongs, I want to, you know, good for you too. I mean, I, I get it. And I, you know, I, I'm just, I don't want you to be, I could see myself doing that. Like a couple years ago, I would have been like smoking, like eating French fries in a car with no gas. I'm not it. recommending five days a week of lifting and a rigid mm. lifestyle. It's thing you need to do for health or even being happy or even looking good. Most people I've met, if they just clean up their diet for a while, you know, I'm talking about making a lifestyle change. And also eating whole foods like you had me do. Because I was just eating like, for a while, I would, I would eat so much processed shit. Whole foods are not a panacea. There's a lot of good stuff in there. What's uh, not a panacea? A panacea is like a cure-all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? The reason we did that is because we were trying to lose weight. Right. And they make you feel more full yes. for the amount of calories you're taking in. That's the big advantage right. there. Yes. But you can get really shredded on processed food. It's going to be a lot harder. And the health outcomes over time aren't going to be as good. Right. But for anyone thinking, you know, if you're not eating whole foods all the time, you're screwed. True. Inaccurate. True. 80, 20, (laughs) you know, in general, probably try and do that because it will make it easier for you to maintain a healthier body weight without as much effort. Yes. And having a better mix of phytonutrients, vitamins, things that we're not even sure about in food yet from a mix of different greens and fruits. Right your health outcomes on average are a bit better. 
you know, and, and there's not actually one specific herb or vegetable or superfood that will do right. that. Unfortunately, yeah. It's actually generally a fairly balanced diet. Right. Over time. Most folks know. And yes, it's not any single meal. It's on average most of the time. Which in a way does take some of the pressure off because I used to always do it where I'd be like, tomorrow I'm going to be perfect. And there would just be like a vicious cycle. So thinking of it in a gentler way helps. Don't be perfect. You're going to, no one has ever been perfect. Right. <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. <laughs> totally. And that's like, a that was like a very like hard lesson to learn too. Cause like it just kept me in like a cycle of tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Yeah. So but, my, my recommendation would be if over time you could get to like 70, 80%, mostly getting some lean protein on a plate, getting some complex carbs, getting some fruits, vegetables, and then only very occasionally smoking cigarettes and watching porn while eating ding dong. Right, right. Like, like only. 10, and you don't have to do it all at once. Well, it's just ten percent of the time you do that. You're you're in an amazing spot, and you're doing probably better than most folks. Last year, there were some viral TikToks of women in the gym dealing with men approaching them. Can you share your thoughts on gym etiquette when it comes to dating? Is it okay to ask someone on a date at the gym? I think it's really context dependent. Mm. Do you actually know that person, or are you just walking up and pick, picking them up? In my experience, I have had like a hundred percent strikeout percentage, except for one person that I, I met in the gym years ago. We ended up dating for a while, just like anything else in life, generally walking up to somebody that you don't know and just nailing them with a pickup line probably isn't going to turn out great. Yeah. But if it's someone that you find interesting and you get to know them and you like each other, right. Um, then maybe segue into asking them out in a non-confrontational way. And if it's a gym that you both go to all the time, have to see each other afterwards, I might even recommend pre-apologizing for asking and saying that you're not going to make it weird if she says no, and it's totally cool. And just, That's a I good will move. not ruin your gym experience. I, I respect you as a person, but I do think you're really attractive. I think you're fun. Would you like to go out? And if she says no, be like, Hey, totally awesome. You know, have a great workout. I'm just going to go, you know, cry rubbing out in the shower. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> also approaching someone at a gym is a tough place to approach people too. Because like people are like in their zone. They've got their little ear pods in. Yes, they do. And then you have to kind of be like, excuse me. Yeah, I would say I would say for the most part, treat it almost like you would at, at work. What would, mm -hmm. be, what would be appropriate for someone that if it doesn't go right, you're going to have to see them regularly. Yes, true. Okay. Just, you know, don't be an asshole. I get, I love that preface of saying like, I won't make it weird. Like, cause how nice is that to be like, I think that's like a nice buffer. Yeah. And, and it's nice that I did that because I got shot down more than a few times right. over the years. And then we were able to just be like, Hey, how's it going? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Totally. And not just for them, for you too. Like, do you need someone in the gym thinking like, fuck that guy. Right. That like, guy's a weirdo. He just made it weird here. So we're all going to talk about how he's weird. hundred percent. That sucks. I don't even know how it hit on. Some, if I was going to hit on someone at the gym, I think I'd like kind of like nod at them. And then I'd maybe like when they're doing a move, I'd like point and then do a thumbs up. That's very subtle. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank good. you. Yeah. But then they would turn around and be like, yo, don't mansplain how to lift to me. Mm. Like, Fuck. They think I'm a man. Damn right. It. Right. Or I say, I don't even know how to lift. <laughs> yeah. Do little thumbs up. I think women like the little. Mostly just that. go say hi, man. Be a person. Right. I don't know. <laughs> What's a good way for another person, or especially a woman, to indicate to a man that he isn't giving her enough space physically? Like if you're sitting next to like a really big guy or so, like how, what's a good like subtle way to just like. Hey bro, move over. <laughs> scoot, scoot. You could do like a hard elbow. If you're in the movie theater and his arm is like coming around you, you could do something like, please don't do that. 
You could just say it. You could do one of these. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think people get a bit overly sensitive about this stuff. And then what ends up happening is they say nothing and then they're just uncomfortable. Right, right. Just like I said before, don't be a dick. Just be like, hey, I, I could use some more space. Right. That's a bit too close. Hey, you sure are making me uncomfortable with that close proximity. I mean, you just like that. I think that's fair, too, because actually I don't do that. If someone like I, you know, I, like if someone is like I was on an airplane next to someone, they kept like kind of poking me in the rib. Yeah. And I just started going. <clears throat> right. So, look, uh, to be clear, if someone's a piece of shit. Right. They're going to keep being a piece of shit no matter what you say to them. If someone is a, a normal person. Oh, my God. So and, sorry. And you, yeah. And, and you politely express your discomfort. They will immediately feel mortified, move away, right. and give you your space, and they will probably apologize while doing it. So just give it a shot. Yeah, give it a shot. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever been caught doing when you thought you were alone? Freshman year, my roommate walked in on me masturbating to porn. Damn. Yeah. Did he say anything? Nope. He just said, all right. And walked over to the fridge, got a drink, walked oh, over shit. to his room, just walked out. He never, just talked, never talked about it again. That's great. Yep. I think, I don't know what mine, I think mine, I don't even know what mine would be. Probably some, oh God, actually, I just thought of this. It would be, I used to always pretend I was Nick Carter and like dance around in my room as a kid. And I remember doing it one time with headphones on and I was doing a Nick Carter and I think like the Annie, remember that song, Annie Up, yeah, yeah. You know that? I was doing. I don't, but now I'll look it up. Oh, you got to hear it. Um, that, that was probably spot on. I don't remember exactly how it goes. It was like, Annie up. Rah, rah, rah. But I was doing that mixed with Backstreet Boys. Excellent. Like, and then I don't know how long my mom and sister were in the doorway, but they've never treated me the same since then. Oh. I know. And I remember them doing that. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, I now, win at embarrassing. I think I won that one. Yeah, that is, that is really. Yeah, yeah I Because it. it's, it's intense. That is very intense to have someone walk in on you jerking off. Honestly, though, less intense than you think when you're two freshman men living in the same dorm room. Mm, like, what? Like, you just you just make sure that fucking next time you 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 know knock knock right. That's it. Right. Give me a little give me a little signal. It never happened again. I bet. <laughs> because, I bet. You know. And that was it. I wonder if he tried to see what type of porn you were looking at. He didn't give a shit. Man. Yeah. He wanted to get the fuck out of there. Fair. True. Yeah, he had about enough. Right. He was good. Now is our segment, our final segment called "Who, What, Where, When, How." Who do men? want to look the coolest in front of? Oh God, depends on the culture. Could be your parents. What about for you? True, that's true. Actually, no one said that. Yeah, parents are huge. No matter how much you try to be like, I don't care what my parents think, it's still like, I'm still on the phone plan. Who do I want to look coolest in front of? Um, you know, it, it probably comes back to me being a kid and really idolizing my coaches mm. and, and teachers. So, you know, I, I want to look, I, I generally want to try and look cool in front of people you might think are really nerdy. They're like sports scientists or people mm -hmm. in my field that I, you know, I, I get a lot of my study material from that I use with my clients. I'm going back to school to study exercise physiology under one of my idols, Brad Schoenfeld up at uh, Lehman College and also another just titan in the industry, Dr. Mike Gisertel. He's a professor there. I mean, they're not classically what you would call cool guys, but I think they're so fucking rad and they're just people too, right? But totally. what I mean to say is they're, they're so high up the food chain in what I do right. and people that I aspire to be more like professionally and that I've learned so much from that, yeah, when I'm in front of them, buddy, you better believe I, I'm trying to look cool. And I've been in front of both these guys. I'm all like, right. oh. Totally. But but yeah, again, they're, they're really sweet, wonderful guys. And cool is such but, a personal 
but choice that, for, for me, like those are, I, I, cause I've been downtown for so long working around movie stars and musicians and all these people. Like I don't really get starstruck by mm. them anymore because I've met enough of them to be like, Oh yeah, that's right. They suffer from major depressive disorder too. Totally. Yes, they they have the same issues with their spouse. Right. Like, and they maybe even have more pressure on them. Sure. They're not allowed to fucking do anything out of line. So like, they're just they're super cool and successful. Right. But like, the 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 shine got kind of knocked mm -hmm. off getting to meet them in the mornings. You know, like five six a.m. in right. the bathrobe or whatever. Like just getting ready for their day and like talking about what's going on in their life. You know, they've got big lives and lots of pressure, but they're they're you. You'd be surprised, boys and girls. They ain't much different than you. Totally. Um, but yeah, the people in my industry that I, I literally study from their textbooks, when they're around, I mean, they're such nice, easygoing people. It's right. Like, you're like, I love you. Long answer to yeah. short question. Those guys, I try to look cool in front of. And mostly I just try to, I try not to look stupid. Yes. That's, that's key in looking cool. cool. I just try not to say anything too idiotic. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Totally. Yeah. Trying to not look stupid is like the a key baseline for trying to look cool too. Yeah. What do men miss about childhood? I miss not having a phone. Really? I don't know about other men. Yeah. Huh. I really waited hard to get a phone. I didn't get one until I was in college. I'm 39 now going on 40 in June. And I got that first flip phone and it felt like a okay. chain getting wrapped around my arm. Mm. And I felt a giant loss of freedom and just being with myself. Um, I hated the tether. I still don't really like it. I'm addicted to it now. But that doesn't mean I like it. You can get addicted to a lot of things you hate. True that. Um, so that that's what I miss. Actually, I can't even picture actually, not having a phone, but yes. Actually, the freedom of just being out in the world. Sure. And not knowing where something is. Not knowing, you know. Oh my God. Or setting quest? up, or setting up a play date with friends. Right. Or you know, doing any kind of event where there's a bit of mystery. It's like, I don't actually know if they're going to be here. We made totally. plans four days ago and we haven't talked. Right. Um, do you remember trying to find things on a map? Yeah, we had these, uh, we go on these family trips and we go to AAA and we get these triptychs where they yep. would map out the route and you had to be co-pilot the entire time. Yes. If you messed up, you got smacked. Right. Like <laughs> You're in the middle of New Jersey and you're like, this is in Florida. And this then everyone's like- I-95. <laughs> there's so many times I was like, you take a left at this and then the dyslexia was supposed to be a right. And then oh, I was not a good- Why did they ever give you the map? I don't know. Yeah, on, they messed up. <laughs> but I remember those so, I, I had very faint memories of not having a phone giving emma the map agreed <laughs> not having a phone i saw an ad recently that not was like having a phone that would be the big one it said a phone that only makes calls i saw this ad it was like a billboard and there's like this new phone that you can't have any apps on nice and i was like nice radical that's, that's cool. radical yeah. yeah it's called a razor yeah <laughs> where do men go for the best advice um I think usually friends and family, like anybody else, if you have, you know, you go to your friends first, if you don't want to dump things on your family and burden them, I think a lot of guys don't want to be a burden. It's mm. a big thing about, I guess, why is that? I mean, well, I will say this. I mean, I do this whole spiel about me, masculinity being mm -hmm. different things, but I think one of them, at least still ingrained in me is I, I feel like I should be helpful, not hurtful. Mm. And if I am going through something that's emotionally very difficult, the people that are closest to me, I don't want to feel like I'm leaning on them and being a burden to them. I feel like I'm supposed to be helpful to them. Right. Okay. All the time. Them. Yeah. I learned that that's wrong. That actually creates a lack of intimacy. That's that, that destroys emotional connection with your loved ones. Gentlemen, if you're having a problem, talk to your spouse. Totally. Ladies too. Everyone. They're fine. Okay. They're happier knowing why you're being a moody motherfucker. 
help you work through it, at least gives them an opportunity to. So that's a public service announcement. This is true. If you're just trying to deal with it for yourself, you're not being tough. You're being a fucking moron. Um, And it's okay out there. But but I think mostly our friends. It's when you get something out of your head too, it helps so much. Because usually it's a lot less like you know, wild. It's sometimes I'll say something out loud and then I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I was thinking that. Yeah. So I think it's your friends first and then, you know, um, maybe your spouse or significant other. Um, but I don't know how much further you can go there. Maybe, um, whoever you're paying for on, um, only fans that too. Yeah. When do men feel the most confident? Well, you know, sort of, um, you know, circling back to the question the young lady had earlier when they can get it. Mm. No, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Look what I did. Well, Look what we cer- did. It, cer- it certainly doesn't make you feel less confident. Sure. When do men, I guess this is your personal question, when do you feel confident? I, I think when you're doing well with the things that you care about. Mm. You know, uh, if, you, if your goal is to be a good father, a good husband, a good boyfriend, and, and you see that you're succeeding at that, it's, it's different for everybody. If your goal is to be a great researcher or lawyer, it's just, the thing you're working hard at and investing your emotions and time into when you get the validation. Right. Of, Oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I set out to do. And that's like a long, that's I think it's a human thing. I think it's a human thing. I think it's also, that's like a long term. That's like a, that's, I think that's not a quick fix confidence too, which is refreshing to hear too. Cause sometimes yeah. I'll be like, I feel the most confident right after I got my hair done. But there's a difference between that and being like, I feel the most confident after it's like, I'm getting like, I'm in the zone that I created to try to thrive at. And I feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it's, it's, you know, it's usually most confident I think comes from something earned. You know, you can feel really confident throwing on a nice pair of sunglasses, getting a nice right. haircut, walking out, looking good GQ, um, pulling up in a nice car. Maybe some guys feel the most confident from that, but I bet what they did to be able to afford that car mm makes them feel a lot more confident than the ride. Right. If it wasn't something that bankrupted them. Like right, totally, yeah. yeah. Oops, <laughs> yeah. oops. How do men want to be complimented? I mean, I like to be told I have great hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never said doesn't that. Need to be, doesn't I'm need sorry, to, I've never said that. Doesn't need to be true to feel good. Guys in their hair, I had no idea. <laughs> My wife, she's the funniest. Will she so compliment she, your hair? Which as she, she should. Oh, she, no, yeah. she, no, she does. God bless. Not for the reason that you think. Right. So this is my natural hair color, what's left of it. Yeah. And she is a year younger than I am. And she has, you know, she has to dye her hair. Right. It's normal. It's as do I. Yep. Yep. And uh, she's got a ton of gray hair. That's Happens. totally normal. Of totally course. normal. Nothing wrong with this. And, you know, she was saying how much she didn't like that she had so much gray hair, she had to dye it. I was like, well, babe, you have so much, your hair is so much more beautiful than mine. You have this wonderful hair. She's like, no, not compared to yours. You have beautiful, luscious hair. And she wasn't kidding. Oh. She wasn't kidding. I was like, oh, that's really nice. She just means I just literally have, I mean, you know. The hair great. that you have is luscious. Yeah. So, um, you know. I love that when people, when like partners do, they like it's not really good. I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, telling me I'm Jack doesn't do it for me. Unless really? You're, unless you're an NPC or IFBB judge. I don't think you actually have true perspective on what I'm going for. Oh, that's so, it's so nice. No, 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 no. I know exactly it's not what, to discount what no, you're no. saying. It's, it's like telling a guy who's worth $10 million. Oh, you're rich. He's like, yeah, but my buddy that I golf with is who I'm aspiring to sure, be. Sure. I mean, shit yet. It doesn't mean he doesn't feel bad about himself. Totally. But it's, you know, it's like, yes, I, I understand that I'm very muscular. Thank you. And it's that's like, really like, interesting. And my, by the way, may I mention, ma'am, that you have very large breasts. Right, right. Good job on those breasts. Right. Okay. <laughs> See, I would never have thought of that, but that is something I feel like people in certain industries do because they're like, they also, it's a way of being like, well, 
it's a way of almost like not taking the comment too. Cause like if someone will say like, I like being told that I am doing better work for my clients than the trainers and nutritionists they had before. Okay. That actually, I love that sure. comment cause I work hard for it. That's a personalized the, one. The, yeah, absolutely. Personal. I take a lot of pride in my work. I work right. hard to educate myself and try to give people, we're not always our work, but I am very much a lot of. Absolutely. So when I'm able to make an impact like that, especially with someone who's worked with other professionals before. Right. And I don't mean incompetent buffoons. I mean, other qualified professionals. That feels great. Or, you know, one of the best compliments I ever got was from this guy, Jared Feather, um, bodybuilding coach that peaked me out for a couple of competitions. What's peaked me out mean? It's the last week or so before a show, you do some water manipulation, carbohydrate mm. manipulation of the body to make your physique really pop on stage, really look very ripped and dry and full. Mm. And I really look up to him. He's big in our industry. And, you know, he had paid me a compliment that said, you know, I had said I'd wanted to work for his company years ago. And I was turned down to say, you have to have a PhD to work here. I was like, oh, fuck, it's going to be a while. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he had said to me, and I, it was just a nice compliment, whether it was true or not. You know, I'd said that to him. He said, Ian, you're, you're better than half the coaches we have on staff. I don't want to hold his feet sure. to the fire for that. It was totally. a very nice compliment. That's very nice. But I actually cried when he left the room because it meant so much to me to hear it from someone like him. Absolutely. To be clear, the people that work for that company are world-class. I don't know that I'm better than all of them. It it's validating. Really nice to hear from them. They're fantastic. And I think it's like validating from a peer too, especially yeah. when it's like something that like you're so enmeshed in also, because you're like, oh, this person really has a context for the compliment they're giving. So that, that, that meant a lot to me. I never would have thought it was, I, I would have thought it would have been like looking good, like big guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Live and learn. Thank you so much for being the sh on the show. And Ian, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Instagram at Michaud Method, M-I-C-H-A-U-D um, Method. Um, there we go. I do the same website. thing when I have to spell my name too. I'm like, oh, I got to look it up. Yep. MichaudMethod.com. Just search Ian Michaud, personal trainer, NYC. Yes. And Ian has a colleague, Becky. What's Becky? If Becky Johari. Becky um, Johari. I work out with both Ian and Becky and they do their. We haven't talked about Becky. Uh, Becky is my partner in this business. We've been working together forever. She is every inch the trainer nutritionist I am. She's unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. So make sure to check them out. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening to Ask Me Anything. Please DM me at Emma Wilman on Instagram. Email your questions to AMA at Betches.com for our next guest or leave us a voicemail at 201-754-8351. I'll talk to you next week when we Ask Men Anything. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to ama at betches.com. Betches.